Welcome to another podcast from Generations Church. We trust you will be encouraged today. Hi, and thanks so much for joining us again this week here at Generations Church online. We're really glad you're here. We hope that you have had an enjoyable experience so far. We hope that you had breakfast with your family. We hope that none of you are feeling ill or under the weather. And we certainly hope none of you are trying to fight off uh, this uh, virus that has the entire world uh, shutting down. If this is your first time with us, I just want you to know that we're so very glad you're here. Truly, and I want you to feel free to check out any of our messages, any of the things we do at a church on our website. Uh, you can find our sermons, our messages that we talk every week on Vimeo, on podcast, on iTunes, uh, and you can actually get all of that made available to you through our website, which is www.genchurch.ca. So thanks again for joining us. Now, last week, we talked about the name of Jesus being hope. The title of this series, of course, is What's in a Name? And today, the title of the message is simply Power. What is in the name of Jesus? Well, I want to tell you today that there is absolutely power in the name of Jesus. Now, the name of Jesus is not somehow magical uh, by itself. It's not like the, the, the organization of those letters uh, somehow add up to some code that makes God like people more or less. Uh, it's, not, it's actually not even a supernatural name. And if you just bear with me for a moment, I'd like to explain that. You see, the only reason there's power in the name of Jesus is because of who he actually is. Now, the Bible tells us in the book of Matthew, chapter 1, verse 21, which is the very first book of the New Testament and the first chapter, that when the angel came to Joseph in a dream, he told Joseph to name the child Jesus. He also reassured Joseph that this was of the Holy Spirit, conceived by the Holy Spirit, and that he should take Mary as his wife. There's something profound about the fact that the angel, that God had a name that was to be given to this child. But again, it's not that the name was magical. It was who Jesus is that gives power to this amazing name. I love it because when the angel spoke to Joseph, he said, you are to name him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Now, that's a profound thing in and of itself. What does it take to save a person from sin? Have you ever thought about that before? We might have some idea of what it takes or what it means to have our sin forgiven. Maybe you've wronged someone like your spouse. Not like I would, but, well, maybe I have wronged my spouse. Maybe you have too. Uh, but we might even understand what it means to forgive someone of sin. But forgiveness of sin is only one part of undoing sin. It does not necessarily free us from the power or the penalty of sin. That is to say, I could forgive you for wronging me in some way, but I have no, no power in and of myself to take it any further than just me. But it becomes a different story with Jesus and his name because of who he is. You see, the issue that we face as humans doing right and doing wrong to one another throughout our lives is that we never really can escape sin. It's always around us. It's always at us. In fact, in the book of Genesis, uh, there was a warning given that sin is always waiting. It's like it's crouching at the door, waiting to pounce on us. And that's a human condition that we all face. 
We can't escape sin in that reality, and we most certainly cannot escape sin in and of our own power. We might even be able to avoid sin for a while, but the truth is we will always find ourselves coming back to it in some form or another. We always find our way back to the wrong things eventually. But the power in the name of Jesus is profound as he was a world figure in this. That he is the only one, Jesus Christ is the only one who ever claimed to do this specific thing for us. That is to save us from our sin. No other religious leader has done that. No world leader has said, hey, I can come, I can deal with your sin. I can take it away. I can save you from it. He alone is the one who has made this claim. So if there is power in the name of Jesus, and if it is profound in this way, it is because of who he is. And I'd like to take a moment this morning to share with you some of the things the Bible says about him. If you have a Bible with you this morning, turn to the book of Hebrews chapter 1, and we're going to start reading right there. It says this, God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers in the prophets, in many portions, and in many ways, in these last days has spoken to us in his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the world. And he is the radiance of his glory and the exact representation of his nature and upholds all things by the word of his power. When he had made purification of sins, he sat down at the right hand of majesty on high. That's Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. So we have Jesus Creator, God in human form, or what we would call God incarnate. Emmanuel, meaning God with us. Who is, as it says in Hebrews, the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of God's nature who deals with our sin, not just by forgiving us for it, but by saving us from it. I think of many conversations I've had with people who don't like the God of the Old Testament. Maybe you've had some of these as well. But if you're opening to considering something this morning, the Old Testament is written from an interesting perspective. Now, this is, this is what I mean. Allow me to explain this, this consideration you may want to make. The Old Testament is written from the perspective of people. Now, yes, it's God's word. It's God's book. The whole Bible is God's love letter to us. But the Old Testament specifically is written from the perspective of people and specifically in how people had to receive the law of God. Or in other words, how people had to learn what was right and what was wrong. The Bible says of itself that the law is a teacher. It helps us to know the difference between right and wrong. Now, you might not like that we know, need to know the difference of right and wrong, but let me just point out that the Bible also tells us that it was mankind, it was us, who opened this can of worms when in the Garden of Eden we ate from the tree of good and evil, the knowledge of good and evil. So when we ate of that tree, we put ourselves in the position to need to know the difference between right and wrong. The New Testament, however... More specifically, the revelation of Jesus is about the fulfillment, the completion of Old Testament law. But it's through the perspective or through the person of Jesus. Again, who he is 
is where the power in his name comes from. I love that verse 3 reminds us that Jesus is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his nature. In the Old Testament, the representation of God's nature came through the filter of the law and the filter of how men responded to that law. If you've read the Old Testament, you know there weren't always happy endings or happy stories. But nonetheless, that was the filter. But in the New Testament, what do we have? We have a new introduction to who God is in Jesus, whom the Bible makes the claim of that he is the exact representation of God's nature. I love it. I I find it powerful and profound. If we can accept this truth, it helps us to understand God the Father better. Old Testament is the revelation of God through the filter of painful learning, painful lessons of right and wrong. Jesus came to reveal the nature of God with all the filters removed. There is only him. There is only one way. The power to save from sin is in his name. But what else is there? I want to share one more beautiful passage of Scripture with you this morning. It's found in the book of Colossians, in chapter 1, verses 15 to 17. Here's what it says. He, talking about Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on the earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things, let me say this again, all things have been created through him and for him. Jesus is before all things, and in him all things hold together. I love this passage so much because it fills me with a hope and a peace that I can hardly contain or explain. The reinforcement of who Jesus is. He is the image of the invisible God. You know, the fear that our world is facing right now is real. It doesn't matter if you're afraid of a virus or sickness or illness or if you're afraid of the economy crashing. The fear is real real. But I want to tell you something this morning. We should not be ruled by that fear. Jesus, the exact representation of God's heart, of God's nature, the seeable image of the invisible God, the revelation of who God is to mankind, Emmanuel, God with us, has all of this held together in who he is. There's nothing going on today that is escaping his sight. There is nothing going on today that is beyond his control. The limiting factor that you and I face comes down to the reality of our faith. But would you just dare to trust something with me this morning? I dare you to trust that he has it under control, that he is holding all things together in who he is in the power of who he is. The name of Jesus is so powerful that the demonic things of this world cannot stand against it. They flee at the sound of his name. His name is so powerful that disease has to leave when Jesus walks into a situation. It flees from him. His name is the only name under heaven by which you and I, by which men, women, children can be saved. I know that when I say something like 
Jesus' name is so powerful that disease has to flee. The first question that comes to your mind is, uh, Pastor Trav, then why are we sick? And I want you to know, we're going to talk about that next Sunday. I can't wait for it. I'm so excited about it. Because not only is there power in the name of Jesus, there is also healing in the name of Jesus. Tune in next Sunday to hear us talk about it. But there's power in his name. And I want you to know today that what the question comes down to is what you're going to do with faith. What are you going to do with faith in this moment of your life? And you might be sitting there on your couch drinking your coffee with your children in your lap right, right now saying, Pastor Travis, I have no idea about faith. I don't feel like I have any faith. I don't think I have any faith. I believe I don't have any faith, which is a strange dichotomy, don't you think? That you believe you don't have faith. Because isn't that itself an exercise in faith? The Bible makes this promise to us. That God has given every single one of us a measure of faith. And the reality is, is each one of us has the ability, the opportunity, and maybe even I could say the responsibility to choose where we're going to put that faith. Now I know there's some people in this world who are still going to sit there and say, I don't believe that, I don't think that way, that's not a part of who I am, because I don't get faith. Well, let me tell you something. You use faith every single day of your life. You really do. Do you know that you use faith every single time you sit down on a piece of furniture? You do, because you don't go out and check and make sure it's going to hold you up. You just plop down in that lazy boy and turn on the TV in faith that it's going to be there to catch you when you sit down. You use faith when you go driving. It's, it's faith to go on green and stop on red. We believe that those driving around us are going to stop and go as is appropriate for what the lights are saying to us. My point is really simple. And it's okay if I'm overstating it for you today because you have faith. And you actually have enough faith to try Jesus. I want you to know that you have enough faith at this moment in your life. You do. It's God's promise. But what you do with that faith is probably the most important question you're going to face today or maybe even in your entire life. What are you going to do with the faith you have concerning Jesus? I want to pray with you. Jesus, we have no choice but to go along with this big world as it is spinning along. We are walking through many fears, some legitimate and some not so much. And I ask you today, God, that by your Holy Spirit, you would be our constant light and guide in these times. Lord, since we have to go along with something today, we once again choose to go along with you. Not only as the one who saved us, but as the one who is our Lord and is even our friend. God, fill us today with your hope, your joy, your peace, your love. I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. You know, as we get to have these conversations week after week, we always love to remind you there's a question you can ask at the end of every message you hear from our church. It's this. Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do with what I've just heard. And I want to dare you this morning, on this Sunday, this glorious, beautiful day, where we trust spring will actually show up and eventually make it to us. Why don't you ask the Holy Spirit, 
What do you want me to do with what I heard today? Maybe you're going to put your faith in Jesus for the first time. We'd love to hear about it if you do. You can reach us, info at genchurch.ca. We'd love to put someone with you, to talk with you, to answer some questions you might have, to pray with you, and to begin to walk with you because this is one of the greatest journeys, one of the greatest adventures you will ever go on. If you're already putting your faith in Jesus, welcome to the team. We're so glad you're with us. Let's pray for our leaders. Let's hold them up. Let's lift the name of Jesus above this disease, above the things that are facing our world right now, above the economic crisis that we're looking at. Let's lift his name high. Let's let him be glorified. And then he will come and he will deliver us and give us the freedom we're looking for. See you next week. Thank you for joining us in another podcast from Generations Church. If you enjoyed listening today, please subscribe to our podcast channel to get a new one each week. For additional information or to partner with us, please check out our website at www.genchurch.ca.